0: Hallelujah! Christ is risen. The Lord is risen Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen Alleluia. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen, Alleluia. Alleluia, is risen. The Lord is risen Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Before diving into my sermon in, in the hopes of making you dive in with me, I just want to say what a great joy it is to look out and to see uh, our sister Esther back home with us having returned from Africa. So out of Africa uh, has come Esther to be with us again. We missed you and it's a joy to have you home with us. Take out your little pamphlets. All right, Brian, all right. We're going to start with the gospel on the bottom of the second page. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week. Now this is so important. We could easily just read quickly over this. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week. Remember, God, in the first creation, created the world in all things, visible and invisible, in seven days. And on the seventh day, he rested. And this day became known as the Sabbath. But this is the first day. And the fathers of the early church tell us that this day is, is not just simply the next day of the week, but rather a new day. This is the day of a new creation. God the Father created all things in the first seven days, but now there is what the fathers of the church call the eighth day the day of the new creation. A new creation has come forth in Christ. A new creation where life and salvation reigns. And we are children of the eighth day. The eighth day. The day of resurrection. And it's on this day that we as Christians celebrate and rejoice in our salvation in Jesus Christ. And so on that evening of that day, the day of the new creation, the day of resurrection, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Do you see the contrast that immediately comes in today's Gospel? Jesus is risen, Jesus is alive. There is a new creation. The old has passed. Death no longer reigns. The word of life and salvation in Jesus Christ reigns. And then immediately we see that those who knew Jesus most intimately so easily retreated to hide away. We're told why. Because they were in fear. They were in fear. How many of you have ever found yourself hiding away because of fear? Those of us who know Jesus, who know the risen Lord, who know his risen life, can sometimes, even those of us who know Jesus intimately and personally and have walked with him and have opened our hearts to his word, will sometimes fall back into the old ways and allow fear to reign within us. Now, thanks be to God, I've never known such a thing. (laughs) I only walk in the light and the joy of the risen Christ. It's not true. Actually, just this morning, I gathered with my clergy and Don downstairs, and we were about to begin our preparation prayers. And I said to them, I need your help. Because I want to walk in the eighth day. I want to walk in the new creation. But why was I asking for help? Because I admitted to my brothers that on a scale to 1 to 10, my anxiety today was about an 8. Why? None of your darn business. (laughs) But about an 8. I feel gripped I felt it as I was falling asleep. I felt it when I was turning over during the night. I felt it when I awoke. And my thir- first thought was, Can't Father Bruce do it? <laughs> no. And I said, Okay, Lord. <laughs> Gripped with fear. A new creation has come. One word, death no longer reigns. A God who cares for us so much that he's come himself into the world to redeem us. And the disciples who knew him most intimately were hiding away. Why? They were gripped by fear because their desires for how things should have unfolded didn't come to pass. Their plans had been dashed. And so they felt as if everything was slipping away. It was slipping out of their hands. It wasn't unfolding as they thought it was going to unfold. And they began to feel that anxiety. And they began to uh, be overcome with fear. And so it says that they were hiding away. Behind shut doors. Do you know what these means? It means that those doors were locked. They were locked. <clears throat> right? I've sometimes said that to Christine. I go into my room, I shut the door, and what do I say? Keep the kids out. Poor Christine. Yes, Christine has no fear. I try to instill it, but I try, you know, hey honey, (laughs) what, you know. So we go and we retreat because of anxiety, because things aren't unfolding as we thought they were unfolding, they're slipping away, and so we get afraid, so we go behind locked doors. We lock away. That's number one. And then the fear wraps around us like a blanket. Now, I bet almost everyone here can relate to this at one time or another in your life, if not relating to it right now. We can also imagine, since they were afraid, that they were hiding also not behind just locked doors, but in darkness. I can remember my first uh, assignment was on the coast of Labrador in an isolated village. It took me 30 hours on a ferry through the the northern Atlantic, the Labrador Sea, to get to this village. And I got off, and it was an isolated village. There was one dirt road that went around the, the village, and that was it. And people were living in what we would call shacks, And it was cold. It was just about freezing. And it was August. (laughs) And I remember one time just becoming so afraid because I was away from everything that made me secure. I was away from family. I was away from my home. I was away from Yankee Stadium. I was away from all of these things. I was by myself. I was alone. And so one day I decided I would not only lock the door, but I would turn down the lights. And, and then within a short time, I heard someone literally, because people up there just walk into your home. One day I came home, someone had not only come into my home, they had made tea and were sitting in my living room waiting for me. And so they couldn't believe it that the door was locked and they kept walking into it trying to turn the handle. (laughs) And then they started pounding on the door and the pounding actually communicated something. It was, I don't understand why the door is locked. And I just hid. The lights down. And finally I heard, I was a deacon at the time, Deacon Michael, open the door. We know you're home, this, your skidoo is outside. Who the heck would go walking in minus 10? So I came down and unlocked the doors and, and, and let them in. But I was hiding away, and so the disciples who knew Jesus so intimately were hiding away behind locked doors. They were in the darkness. Now, darkness, some of you have heard this before, but those who haven't heard this before, you need to hear it. And those who've heard it before, you need to hear it again. And that is, when we are walking in the light of Christ, everything seems different. Everything seems different. And we know that peace, which passes all understanding. And if it were dark outside, and these lights were to go off, we would immediately go, because it would be suddenly just very dark. And then if the power came back on, we would immediately be relieved. The light is back on. That's how it is when we're walking in the light of Christ. When we are walking in the light of Christ, we see everything as different. But when we turn to sin or we're lured away and we suddenly find ourselves in darkness, it's not the light that causes us anxiety, but the darkness. And all we want is for that light to come back. And so when the light comes back through our repentance, we say, "Ah, the lights are back on. Amen. But if it were dark outside and the lights were to go out, at first we'd be like, the lights are out. But if they stayed out for about a half an hour, we would what? To the darkness. We'd adjust. We would adjust to the darkness. We'd even be able to make our way around in the darkness. And then if the lights came suddenly on, would our reaction be, light! No, our reaction would be we become vampires. Right? Right? The light becomes piercing. The light becomes piercing. And this is how it is in our spiritual walk. When we are walking in the light of Christ, everything is new. And if we fall away from that light and continue to walk in that darkness, we adjust. And then, every time we hear the word of God or run into our priest at the local grocery store, it's as if someone is putting a bright light into our eyes when our eyes have adjusted to the darkness. And so here the disciples are behind locked doors, hiding in the darkness, gripped by fear. Fear keeps them from coming out and to coming back into the light. But then what happens? The risen Lord comes to them. The risen Jesus. He comes to them into the midst of their darkness. Into the midst of their darkness. Hiding away. And what does he say? Peace be with you. In the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your fear, as you are locked away, as you are hiding in the darkness, my word for you is peace. Peace. Every week we end the Mass with the peace of God which passeth all understanding. And that's just how Jesus talketh back theneth. Passeth all understanding. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. That means, how can it be understood? That means it's a peace that the world cannot Understand. It is a peace that darkness cannot understand. It is a peace that fear cannot understand. It is a peace that the world and the desires and passions of our flesh cannot understand. And He comes into the midst of our hearts when we are locked away, when we are hiding away, and He offers us peace. (coughs) Now, is peace the same as happiness? No. It's greater than happiness. Now, we do have moments of happiness. I remember on the day of our wedding, I first saw you entering the church in the white. There was that happiness. And so we get moments of happiness, but you know what I needed? for the rest of the marriage? Peace. It's not always happy, but there's peace. And what does that peace come from? The peace comes from that in the midst of trials and tribulations and struggles that we have had, that we walk in Christ and we know that peace that peace. And so Jesus comes and says, peace be with you. Now notice the next line right after this. He says, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Why is that important? It's him. It's him. He's saying, it is, it is I. I who stand before you. I was trying to debate if it is me or if it is I. I wasn't sure, so. Is it I? Good, because that's what I went with. It is I. It is I. The same one who died for you is the one who comes now into the midst of your fear, into the midst of your anxiety, as you're hiding away behind locked doors, as you're hiding away in the darkness. It is I, your Lord, who loved you so much That I died for you, it is I. It is I. He shows them his hands and his feet, I mean, his hands and his side, that they may know that it is the same Lord that has been their friend all along. He has been your friend all along. It is your friend and your God who comes among you and says, Peace be with you. It's also important that he showed the side. Remember, while Jesus was sleeping, the spear entered his side, and what flowed out of his side? Blood and water. And remember, It was when Adam was sleeping, the first Adam, the first man of the old creation, that from his side the rib was taken and his bride was created. And now from the side of the second Adam, the new creation, the bride is created. That is his church by baptism and by his blood. We, the bride, come from the side of our groom, the Lord. It's when they received him in the midst of this that it says they were glad to see the Lord. They were glad to see The Lord. But then he says to them again, Peace be with you. Peace. What we need in order to walk out of the darkness, out from behind locked locked doors, out into the world to live as Christ in the midst of the world is we need the peace of the risen Lord. Peace be with you. But now that we have this peace, now that he is calling us out of our cages, now that he's calling us back to be in the world, but not of the world, now he gives us authority. When you're in fear, who has the authority? What? The devil, fear. When you're locked behind these doors, you have been locked by the one, you've been caged by the one who has authority over you. Right? You've been caged. Even Plato talked about this centuries before Christ the people in the cave who walk in the shadows think that they are free. but They are in darkness. And so he gives us not only the authority to go out into the world, but his authority. And he says, as the Father has sent me into the world, Is he of the world? No. He is of heaven. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is not of the world, but by his Father's authority, he came into the world. Just as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. So have no fear. Because, you know, it is not your own strength that you're relying on. Let me assure you, if you rely on your own strength, even if you're as buff as someone like myself, <laughs> if you rely on your own strength, if you rely on your own strength, I assure you, you will be crushed. If you rely on this world, I assure you, you will be crushed. It is not by your own strength or by the strength of anything in this world that we overcome this world, but by the power, strength, and authority of the living one who is Jesus Christ. For the Bible tells us, you will have tribulation in the world, but then Jesus says, be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. It is only in His victory and by His authority and strength. And then He says to the apostles, breathing upon them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And to this very day in the church, every priest and bishop who is ordained has hands laid upon them by bishops who had hands laid upon them by bishops going back to the apostles, and they breathe on the ordained. And they say, receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whose sins you retain, they are retained. What is this but the ministry of Christ being entrusted to us and with us, to all of us, to reconcile the world to the Father? The Father who loves them. The Father who desires to be with them forever. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to ask Father Bruce to come down here with me. And I'm going to invite everyone, and we're going to lay hands on you, And we are going to breathe on you. And we are going to say, do not be afraid. For it is I, says the Lord.